हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट सिक्स फिलोसफी ऑफ सोशल साइंस एंड आवर टॉपिक इज रीथिंकिंग साइंस बिफोर वी लर्न मोर अबाउट द चैलेंजेस दैट पोस्ट मॉडर्निस्ट हैव पोस्ड टू द डिसिप्लिन इट इज इम्पॉर्टेंट टू डिवोट सम अटेंशन टू द फिलोसफी ऑफ साइंस science as we have already learned provided the foundation of modern social science but then the very notion of science has undergone dramatic changes in our times and the philosophers of the science have made us rethink science no wonder this intense debate on the nature of science did have its impact on the philosophy of social science it is therefore important that we learn something meaningful about this debate let us begin with karl popper 1902 to 1994 a leading philosopher of science in the 20th century who changed our understanding of science and society popper grew up in vienna taught in new zealand and england encountered logical positivism and marxism and came forward with his distinctive idea of science he was heavily influenced by the changes in physics that emerged out of einstein's theory of relativity he revealed that the newtonian physics which was dominant for more than 200 years could be interrogated this led him to plead for the relative character of science science is not something solid and stable or eternally valid instead science for him is a set of conjectures subjective to falsification and refutation No wonder as Popper asserted the creation of the scientific status of a theory is its falsifiability or refutability or testability a theory which is not refutable by any conceivable event he reminded us is not scientific contrary to popular belief refutability is not a virtue of science the challenge confronting the scientific community is not to search for confirmations verifications of the existing theory but to search for falsification and refutation it is not at all necessary to absolutize or sanctify any particular source of knowledge be it baconian empiricism or cartesian rationality and think that the knowledge gained through it is a domain of absolute certainty this would lead to dogmatic thinking and generate a false belief that the world is full of verifications of the existing theory popper however critiqued this dogmatic thinking 
and argued that the science could progress only through an open culture, promoting the spread of refutability and falsifiability. It is only through this culture of critical rationalism that science progresses. Science is inherently critical and democratic, perpetually progressing through trial and error, conjectures and refutations. But pseudoscience is dogmatic. It is too certain of its explanatory power. It sees only confirmations and verifications. With this understanding of the science, Popper critiqued logical positivism, determinism and Marxism. For instance, Marxism Popper alleged is not genuinely interested in falsifiability. Instead, it is dogmatic, desperately striving for confirmations and verifications. Moreover, Marxism is a doctrine of historicism, as Popper argued is inclined to large-scale historical prophecies, but then the kind of prophecies which Marxism offers are in their logical character more akin to those of the Old Testament than to those of modern physics. This sort of prophecy is possible only in the domain that is well isolated, stationary and recurrent, say the solar system. But unlike the solar system, human society cannot be separated from other deeds. Society far from these repetitive is perpetually changing evolving and growing. The fact that we can predict eclipse does not therefore provide a valid reason for explicating that we can predict revolutions. In other words, Karl Popper gave a new meaning to science. He sought to free science from positivistic certainty. Science for him is relative science, is like myth making. And what promotes science is not the arrogance emanating from cognitive certainty, but a spirit of humbleness that encourages the possibility of possibility and refutability. Thomas Cohen was yet another major philosopher of science who thought, taught us about normal science and its inherent conservatism and extraordinary science leading to scientific revolutionism. For Cohen, normal science relies on the centrality of the paradigm that a particular scientific community takes for granted. To use Cohen's own words, paradigms are some accepted examples of actual scientific practice, examples which include law, theory, application 
and instrumentation together that provide models from which arise particular coherent traditions of scientific research. A paradigm on in other words provides the background and the directs the trajectory of normal science. Its power lies in its ability to attract an enduring group of adherents away from competing modes of scientific activity. It was in this sense that the Newton's Principa and Opics, Franklin's Electricity and Einstein's Theory of Relativity acted as paradigms at different junctures of scientific history. For Cohen, normal science does not seek to refute, falsify or interrogate the prevalent paradigm. Instead, it seeks to actualize the potential of the paradigm itself and resolve all residual ambiguities through further elaboration, experimentation and fact-gathering activities. Kohan characterized this entire process as a puzzle-solving activity. The reason is that the problems normal science investigates are more like puzzles that can be solved only through the rules provided by the paradigm itself. Whatever does not fit into the paradigm is kept aside. No wonder the centrality of paradigm, the commitment to it and its specificity give a concrete direction to science. It becomes a profession with its specific adherents and specialities, with its journals and publications. And paradoxically, it is this conservatism that leads to the culminative progress of normal science. But then there are situations when the crisis anomalies begins to confront the scientific community. It may arise because of the persistent failure of the normal science to make sense of the new phenomena. This crisis situation leads to extraordinary science. It is extraordinary because unlike normal science, it acknowledges the crisis, interrogates the established paradigm and dares to become innovative. And eventually, it is this extraordinary science that leads to a paradigm shift resulting in scientific revolutions. It was the way Einstein to take a specific example made a revolution in physics. The revolutionary or the new paradigm is compatible with the earlier ones. Indeed, Cohen repeatedly emphasized on the incommensurability of paradigms. There are substantial differences between the successive paradigms. 
for instance in a one solutions are compounds in the other mixtures one is embedded in a flat the other is a curved matrix of space the result is that the two groups of scientists see different things when they look from the same point in the same direction it is not easy for the scientific community as kohan reminded us to accept the new paradigm because massive conservatism or dogmatic characteristics the community of normal scientists it is however important to realize that despite this resistance the new paradigm succeeds in attracting more and more adherents and eventually establishes its hegemony the new paradigm appeals because it is said to be neater more suitable or simpler than the old what are the implications of this understanding of science for us normal science because of the centrality of the paradigm is extremely focused it is also narrow and conservative because it does not wish to see beyond the paradigm things are however different in other creative fields like music graphic arts and literature and even the social sciences the field that unlike natural science cannot be said to have a hegemonic paradigm to follow no wonder in these fields learners are made aware of competing and often incommensurable approaches and they must ultimately choose for themselves an example would make this difference clear students of physics working on optics would feel so confident about the dominant paradigm that they would find no reason to entertain any other competing theory that is precisely what the success of the paradigm is ab- all about its ability to defeat all competing approaches but imagine students of sociology working on religion for them there is no hegemonic paradigm instead they are likely to be aware of multiple competing and even incommensurable approaches to religion say the darkhamian weberian and marxist approaches this makes us social science more open ended and fluid paul ferebend was another leading thinker who critiqued the hegemony of scientific method no method even the most successful one for ferebend has the right to subdue and marginalize others methods no wonder he refused to give his consent to scientism that is the belief that science is the only valid form of knowledge 
instead he revealed that the politics of science its relationship with power and the way through propaganda and other strategies it murdered all alternative form of knowledge scientism he instituted would go against the true spirit of our democratic society because democracy should imply the plurality of knowledge system methods and traditions of inquiry each tra- tradition each fairy tales each story for fairy band has its validity nothing is dead or meaningless it is important that we embrace an anarchist theory of knowledge implying that everything is possible we may wondering why we are discussing so much the philosophy of science if we think deeply we would realize that it is meaningful for social science there are two lessons that we can learn the first is positivism that seeks to legitimize the certainty of science gets eroded for popper science is like a conjecture subject to the refutation for kohan science is conservative and prevails because scientists too like any other group of people are being guided by peer group pressures and other socializing forces and for fairy band the science has its own history of domination and violence in other words it speeds the process of delegitimization of the positivistic foundation of social science and the second with the demystification of science sociology tends to become more sensitive to the plurality of methods and traditions it acquires the courage to come out of the shadow of natural science in order to fully grasp the argument presented above with the discussion on crisis in foundation of the social sciences now let us wind up the session and take rest in the next session we will take the topic crisis in foundation thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self learning podcast <music>